This is the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast with your host, Big Bad Boris. Welcome to the latest episode of the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast on the Love Wrestling Podcast Network. My name is Big Bad Boris, and I'm very, very, very excited to have on uh, a fantastic guest who is tearing up the world of professional wrestling from right here in Edmonton, Alberta, Miss Gigi Ray. Gigi, what the heck is going on? Hi, Boris. What's up? How are you? I am doing wonderful. How are things in Texas? Things in Texas are good. It's hot. It's hot as hell. So like, I'm ready to come back to Canada. Like, I don't think that I could live there. I, I've gone on vacation in the, uh, to some parts of the States, and I don't do well with the heat. I was in Arizona in August for a couple of Ooh. days, and like, I don't know how you don't die. Uh, you do. You d- you definitely die a little. Your soul dies a bit, uh, especially in Houston because it's really hot. Plus, it's also very humid. Um, oh. These past couple months, I've actually been living in Austin, and it's not as humid there. But every once in a while, it gets a little humid. But um, I'm in Houston right now, and it is it's hell on earth. That's what I called it last summer, and it's still hell on earth in the summertime. <laughs> so, are you acclimating to it at all? Like, like you would think that you eventually you kind of get used to it, but maybe not so much. Um, a little bit. I, I, I don't know. I like the dry heat. So it's like you mentioned like Arizona. It's like, yeah. I think I could maybe handle that kind of heat. But here in Houston, it's just like, it's so humid. It's just kind of sticky all the time. And if it rains, it's like not refreshing at all. It's just like more hot, humid air. Like it's, it's not very nice. But, but I think so I'm we... really afford, looking forward to coming home for the summertime. I think if we sent somebody from there, here in january they would say the same thing it's frozen i'm dying how do you live here yeah yeah probably so i guess it's just kind of what you're used to so let's travel back to to the beginning of this insane uh professional wrestling experience and tell me how you came to to decide that this was something that you wanted to do did you grow up a fan or did you kind of come to it late yeah, I definitely grew up a fan of wrestling. Like, like my earliest memories were probably watching wrestling from being like three years old all the way up until like maybe like high school. And like high school, I kind of got out of it a little bit. I started playing more sports and got really into basketball. And I kind of just like fell out of it, like how most people do. And then I think in 2015, I started watching it again. And I just kind of fell in love with it all over again. And it was kind of right at the time when like the women started doing a lot more. Okay. Um, like the whole like, I think I saw Sasha and Bailey take over Brooklyn. And I was like, damn, these girls are like on fire. Like they're so good. Like they're just as good as the guys. And and it wasn't really like that when I was growing up watching wrestling. It was kind of just, it was very male dominated. Of course, like there was the female, the women's era and stuff. Like back when you had like Victoria and Trish and Jazz and everyone like that. Uh, but that was kind of a very short time in in WWF, WWE anyway, right? So um, so yeah, when that kind of faded out, I kind of got away from it too. And But yeah, ever since maybe 2015, I just fell back in love with it. And then it was, I think, late 2019. I was like, you know what? I think I could like, I went to a live event. Um, they were in Edmonton, a WWE event. And I was just like, you know what? I think I could enough to like be a wrestler and tried it out and now three years later i'm doing all this cool stuff (laughs) see and i think that that's it's really interesting to see how how the like the women in the business is going because we're starting to see that inspiration from kind of like the when when like bailey sasha charlotte and that that kind of area really started to hit and they started to get you know booked and treated well and featured we're seeing now that kind of next generation where they influence which is like people like you and i think if we fast forward another decade or so we're going to start to see the generation that's influenced by you guys and some of the ones that influence them and i think that women's wrestling is just going to get healthier and healthier as the years progress yeah, I, I totally agree. I, it would be really cool if I could influence some people, but I definitely um, agree with how res- women's wrestling is really booming and it's just going to get bigger and stronger. And I'm really excited to be a part of that and then to see the success that so many of my other friends have had, like Zoe and Taryn and everyone kind of, everyone's doing like really, really awesome for themselves. And, you know, maybe like five years ago, that wasn't really the case, right? So it's, it's really cool to be a part of it. Absolutely. So when did you decide that you wanted to train and how did you go about finding trainers? Um, I think I actually, uh, I knew about the independent Edmonton scene 
And um, at the time, I think the only wrestling school that I really knew about was Lance Storm School in Calgary. Okay. And I, I was living in Edmonton. And I just didn't really have like the time or the commitment to go to, or the money to go down there and like train out of school. I think his like program was, I don't a two, three months or something like that. I, it's I don't really know for immersive, sure. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I wasn't really in the position to do something like that. So, and that was kind of all really there was, um, for like to really immerse yourself into like a wrestling school. Um, and then I think I was just on like Facebook one day and I saw an ad for like a mini camp that was getting run by like Michael Richard blaze. And I remember I had, I think I had like, I've gone, I had gone to a few like independent shows, like in Edmonton, like a long time ago. And I, I recognized him and I was like, oh, okay. It's like, and I think I had like needed maybe see him on like raw or something doing like a match. And I was like, oh, that's that guy I saw on raw. And I was like, okay. I'm like, well, that sounds, seems kind of cool. So I signed up for the camp and then, um, after, the camp was two days. So you kind of, they kind of just like teach you like the basics and everything. And then after like the second day, uh, Michael pulled me to the side. He was like, do you like really want to like do this? And I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm here because like, I want to be a wrestler. I want to, I want to learn how to wrestle. He was like, he's like, okay. Cause like, I think you have like a lot of potential. Um, if you want, um, um, we, we train every, we train every day, every week. If you want, you can like start coming to like our regular training instead of just doing like the monthly, like mini camp thing. Um, cause like, they would do a mini camp like once a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think the plan was like, you would come to these mini camps and as you progress, maybe you would get more training. And so right after my first mini camp, he like offered me to come to the regular training. And then it was kind of just snowballed from there and had my few first match, like, I don't know, like only like three months later, which like looking back now, well, we're gonna, like, we'll talk like, about mortified. that. Sorry. We'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah, I remember right like hearing about you right from that first mini camp. Cause he had told me that there's this, this girl that came to the mini camp and she like, he, he could tell right away, you know, that there was something there and he, and he, we used to talk and he would tell, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he said that she just catches on and takes to it so easy and so fast. And, and like, he was very impressed and he was right in your corner, right from the get go. Do you think that your previous um, experience in athletics kind of helped you out with wrestling? Like what other, you said you played basketball. What other things did you do to, uh, as an athlete? Basketball. Um, I played volleyball, soccer. I did track. I, I did it all. Um, I was a pretty like big athlete in high school. Um, I played college basketball. And then really? I okay. think after I was done with basketball, um, you know, I kind of had the dream of when I was in high school, I'm like, oh, I want to be like a in the WNBA. But I, mm. I obviously did just not, I was not good enough to do anything like that. Um but once I was done basketball, I kind of, I didn't like flounder, but I just, I didn't really have anything anymore. Like I would still exercise and work out and stuff, but like, I didn't really have anything that I was like pursuing. Cause it's like when I was playing college basketball, it's like, we were on the court six days a week. Like we were always doing something and you have like the camaraderie with your teammates and stuff. So I kind of missed just like being around other mm-hmm. like athletes. And so then I think with, when it came to like wrestling, you know, like you spend so much time with your with the, the other wrestlers and especially now being in other locker rooms and stuff, you do build that camaraderie and that bond. So I think it was just the aspect of like being an athlete, being around other athletes and like everyone's kind of pursuing and encouraging and doing the same thing together. And I love that aspect of, of all sports and especially with when it comes to like wrestling as well. And I think too, like being like a fan of wrestling was really a big advantage for me because it's like, I would, I had been watching this forever. So I have an idea of what it's supposed to look like, what you're supposed to do and kind of just learning kind of the behind the scenes of like how it all works together. So that's like a huge thing. I mean, you don't have, obviously have to be a wrestling fan to like be a wrestler. I know a lot of people that never watched wrestling and they're great at it. Right. So, uh, but I think it definitely gave me a bit of an advantage. (laughs) I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which college was that, that you were playing basketball for? I'm just curious. Uh, I played at Nate. Oh, okay, you're you're an ook. I'm an ook. Yeah, okay, I'm a right former on. ook. Yeah. So you spoke about uh, Sasha and Bailey. What were some of the other influences that you had, even like before you started training, that you really enjoyed, both uh, male and female? Uh well, off right off the bat, like Bret Hart was like my guy growing up. Like he's like you know from Alberta, from Calgary, wore pink. He he was my hero. He's like <laughs> up until probably now, I'm just like like I love Bret. He's like amazing. Um. 
so bread um I loved Eddie Guerrero actually honestly when Eddie passed away I was like I'm done with wrestling like I really started falling out of it I just like didn't want to I didn't care to watch it much anymore that was like that was really hard for me um he's so a Eddie... name that uh that literally almost to a T when I ask people like when I've as I've done these podcasts and just talk to people he is a name that gets brought up almost consistently and I don't think like like he gets the credit he deserves but I think he deserves more credit for how influential he's been because literally everybody brings up Eddie Guerrero and how amazingly talented he was so I think yeah, like, like as much credit he as he gets he should get more yeah absolutely it's funny um and I don't know where I even got it from, but I have this like super old Eddie Guerrero like DVD set. And it's like the Eddie Guerrero story. It's like one of the old like WWF. Mm-hmm. I remember when they put out those like DVDs all the time. And I still I collected have it. them. I, I had oh, I had over a thousand. Yes. <laughs> you probably have it. It's like a two. Oh, I guarantee set. I do. <laughs> yeah. And I and I don't know what it is, but I actually like travel with that. Like I I brought it, I brought it with me when I moved to I went to school in Medicine Hat for my nursing and I brought it with me there. I brought it with me to Texas. And I don't even know if I have anything to play it on, but I just always bring it with me. Like just, just like in a, case I want to watch it. Just like a comfort thing. So so you yeah. trained for like pretty solid for about three months. And you uh, made your debut and most people, you know, they'll make their debut in, in kind of a low profile opening preliminary matches or maybe a tag team match or, or, you know, spot show here and there or whatever. But you, your debut match was actually a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, it was. When I look back at it now, I'm just, it's so funny to me. I'm just like, I can't believe that happened. Because, like, so, I think at first I was like, this must happen to everyone, but it doesn't. <laughs> no, not at all. So explain <laughs> to me how that this was, uh, for, for those who don't know, I'm, I, I should explain. Uh, your debut match was uh, for the PWA, and I don't want to, you know, toot the horn, but I, I'm going to toot it anyway. Uh, number one promotion in Alberta, for sure, maybe even in Western Canada, like at its peak, you know, before the pandemic mm-hmm. happened, PWA was killing it, was very well known, very well respected. And you debuted on a PWA show uh, against Zoe Sager for the PWA women's title, and you won the title in your opening match. How was that brought to you? And, and were you kind of surprised that you were put up kind of on that high of a, of a spot on the card? Yeah, I snuck out with the win there, I guess. Um, I know. Is this like kayfabe or is this just like no, fully no, shoot, open, shoot, whatever? shoot away, shoot away, shoot. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had, yeah, I had started training and I was training with Michael and Zoe and a few other people like pretty consistently. I think I was there like, th- like at least three times a week, uh, three, four times a week because I really wanted to like learn how to wrestle and like hone in on it. And, um, and, you know, I didn't really think I would be ready for a match like that soon. I kind of just kept coming to training, kept working hard, and the opportunity will come when it comes. And then there was another mini camp that had come up. And I had already been training, like, throughout the week. But it's like, you know, they kind of – more people come to the mini camp. And it's just more another opportunity to wrestle and just train more. And then I think halfway through the day – so this, I think this this point was maybe, like, January at the time – and I think we're all just kind of like sitting around having a break and Michael kind of looked over and he was like, do you think you're ready to wrestle a match like next week? And I was like, no. I'm next like, do you week? think I'm ready to wrestle a match next week? <laughs> or like whenever, when I, like soon, I think it was mm-hmm. a week or two weeks or whatever. The next PWA show was coming up or whatever. And I was like, I don't think so. I'm like, do you think I'm ready? He was like, yeah, I think you're, you, you can wrestle a match. I was like, okay if you think I'm I'm like I don't have like gear I don't have boots I don't have like anything you know because I'm just thinking I was like it'll probably be like maybe six months before I like make my debut or whatever and he was like no like we have this match with Zoe she needs an opponent um and I think like I think you're ready and I was like okay um something along those lines but I didn't feel like I was ready but they kind of like pushed me and here you go you're gonna have this match with Zoe and um and yeah so uh, it was really nerve wracking and it was, I was so thankful though. It got to be with Zoe because I had trained with her like so much and she's kind of like the first person I ever really like trained a lot with and wrestled with and stuff. So I had a safety with her and mm-hmm. she kind of like really led the match and helped me through it a lot. And I just remember I was just so nervous. And then, yeah, they told me the plan was that I was like, I was going to win the title. I was going to come in as this like new heel and I was going to take the title from Zoe and then eventually she would get it back 
and it was supposed to be at the big PWA show, which was going to be at Nate, which I was really excited for because it was like a few years ago, I was at that school, like playing basketball, college Mm -hmm. basketball. And now I get to go back there as a wrestler, which I thought was like really, really cool. And then, and to have like another title match to like defend the title this time. And then COVID happened. So all of that got scrapped, which was like really, really unfortunate. Um, and then obviously fast forward a couple of years later, we got to do it at the Saddle Dome, which was like even more amazing uh, with the four of us, with me, Taryn, Zoe and Ava. And that was just like that match of the with the four of us at the Saddle Dome is still probably one of like my favorite experiences that I've had in wrestling. It was just so special to me to be in the ring with those four girls, uh, three girls, sorry. And and yeah, so that's kind of. Sorry, the long-winded how like oh. I won the title and lost oh, the title fantastic. in three three years of span. Yeah. Those uh, Saddle Dome shows, I, I I will carry those with me for the rest of my days. That was a super cool thing that not everybody gets to do. Uh, this is a music podcast as well as a professional wrestling podcast. I have my uh, guests choose two tracks that are that mean something to them to play during the interview, and I gotta say, uh, Gigi, you're you're fucking killing me with these songs <laughs> now. They're um, good songs. I know I know you hear the artists and you're like, "Ah, oh, why we got well, to this?" But if you listen to these two songs, they're very good. I'm I'm going to get a little serious with you on this first one. And I don't censor uh anyone's picks because I don't believe in that. I did it once a long time ago and uh, it was just because uh, <laughs> to be like when I first started adding the music element into this, uh, uh MRB picked a band I didn't like and I said no. And I regretted it ever since because it's not about me. It's about what, you know, the guests like. Uh, (laughs) The first track that you gave me is a track called Touch the Sky by Kanye West. I'm just going to put it out on Front Street that I think Kanye West is a bigot and a terrible person. But if if you want to play this song, that is totally cool. I want you to tell me a bit about this song and, and why you picked it. I just have. Um, I feel like this, that needs to be said. I'm sorry if that if that rubs you the wrong way. I apologize and I respect you. No, that's fine. I that's feel like fine. that needs that's to be fine. said. I know Kanye West is a very controversial figure, um, especially now in the last couple of years. Um, that aside, his creative musical side, I think, is one of the greatest minds for music. Especially, well, that genre of music for like rap music and hip hop the way he was able to blend in real music and real instruments with rap. And it's a rap that you can understand. It's not like the mumble rap that we have now. Um, and this song, Touch This Guy, just, I don't know, it just really gets me pumped up. I think it was on his late registration album, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. And this is when Kanye wasn't as controversial. I like was he was just, just like a say, really I was cool just, new just, artist. Yeah, this I was just going to say, this is an Kanye. older record where he wasn't as much of a schmuck as he is now. So I'm going to give you a pass. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and I made sure to pick one from back then because this was like, this is the Kanye that I really enjoy. And I really remember, I still enjoy his newer stuff, but this is like, this was like real, real, real good Kanye time. <laughs> and there's and there's a saying that kind of goes along with stuff like this sometimes. And, and I don't want to be controversial per se but it's like you know watching a chris benoit match sometimes it's the art not the artist exactly there you so, go Thank all right you. <laughs> so this is touch the sky this is kanye west on the punk and proud Evers podcast i gotta testify come up in the spot looking extra fly for the day i die i'm a touch the sky gotta testify come up in the spot looking extra fly for the day i die I'm a touch the sky. Back when they thought pink polos are hurt the rock. Before Cam got the shit to pop, the doors is closed. I felt like bad boy street team. I couldn't work the locks. Now let's go. Take them back to the plan. Me and my mama hopped in that U-Haul van. Any pessimists, I ain't talk to them. Plus, I ain't had no phone in my apartment. Let's take them back to the club. At least about an hour, I stand on line. I just wanted to dance. I went to Jacob an hour after I got my advance. I just wanted to shine. Jake's favorite line, dog, in due time. Now they look at me like, damn, dog, you what I am. A hip-hop legend, I think I died in an accident. Cause this must be heaven. I gotta testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day I die, I'ma touch the sky. Gotta testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly yeah. For the day I die I'ma test the sky Now let's take them
rock Back when Slick Rick got the shit to pop I'd do anything to say I got it Damn, them new loafers hurt my pocket Before anybody wanted K-West beats Me and my girl split the buffet at KFC Dog, I was having nervous breakdowns Like, man, these niggas that much better than me Baby, I'm going on an airplane And I don't know if I'll be back again Sure enough, I sent the plane tickets But when she came to kick it, things became different Any girl I cheated on, she skeeted on Couldn't keep it at home, thought I needed a knee alone I'm trying to right my wrongs But it's funny them same wrongs Help me write the song now I gotta testify Come up in the spot looking extra fly For the day you die You gon' touch the sky, you gon' touch the sky, baby girl, testify. Come up in the spot, look at extra fly. For the day you die, you gon' touch the sky. Yes, 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 guess who's on third? Lupe still like looping the third. Here like here till I'm bitter on the curb. Peach fuzz buzz, but bit on the verge. Let's slow it down like river on the serve. Bottle shaped body like Mrs. Butterworth. But before you say another word, I'm back on the block like I'm laying on the street. I'm trying to stop lying like I'm unrobbed, but I'm not lying when I'm laying on the beat. On God, a touche Lupe, cool as the unthought, but I still feel possessed as a gun charge. The cover's correct as a pawn star. And a fresh pair of steps and my best phone call. So, I represent the first. Now let me in my verse right where the horns are like, uh. I gotta testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day you die, you gon' touch the sky. You gon' touch the sky, baby girl. Testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day you die, you gon' touch the sky. We back at home, baby. Um, sky high. I'm, I'm sky high. The first pick from GG Ray, the song is Touch the Sky. The artist is Kanye West. I want to talk really quickly about a match that I'm a big, big fan of. I'm not sure if you'll remember it per se, but I want to say it was actually the last PWA show before the pandemic. And there was, I believe, a six person or yeah, six person tag. I think it was Zoe and, and uh, BVD and MRB against uh, you and Michael Allen, Richard Clark and Bobby Sharp, I want to say, and it was just, uh-huh. it was the main event of the last. I want to say it was the last show before you know was supposed to be the anniversary show. I know it was in Calgary, and uh, just I feel like that match was so fantastic, and it was so much fun for me to call that I felt like I was really in the zone. And if you go onto the PWA YouTube channel, it's on there. Do you have any memories of this match? Just because I think like PWA has an amazing like two decade history of just fantastic work. And I definitely would put that in maybe the top 10 or 15 matches PWA ever did. It was just, it was everything just hit so good. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's, that's really nice to hear. Cause I do know there's a huge like library of PWA uh, matches. So to Very hear much. that's like at the top 10 is really cool. I do remember that match. That was the first time I wrestled in Calgary and it was fun because um, my first match was a singles match. My second match, I think it was a tag match. And then my third one was like a six-man tag match. So it kind of like all like progressed. And th- I remember that match just being like really fun. We got to do a lot of like cool things. That's kind of like, it's kind of fun to wrestle with the guys because they can like kind of throw you around and you can do all this stuff that you can't typically do with other girls just because they don't really have the strength to do that kind of stuff. Um, like with basing you for a certain move or anything like that. And um it was really fun it was fun to be in a match with kind of all those guys have so much experience and I was still like so new I remember being so nervous in that match too I remember I think there was a few times I'd be like on the uh, I don't know what to say but I just like I just I know I am so lost (laughs) I had no idea what was going on or what's supposed to happen next (laughs) um but we made it through it and it was really fun and I, I remember the crowd being really into it um I remember that was like the because I was like a heel, I'm a, I'm a face now mostly, um, but it was the first time I was able to get a reaction from the crowd where they were like booing, mm-hmm. and that's what you want as a heel, right? So I was like, okay, I, I'm doing something right because the crowd is like booing me for whatever I'm doing, I'm getting booed, so this is good. So I remember like that was maybe my first time 
wrestling where I was like, okay, it is about like interacting with the crowd and eliciting mm-hmm. a reaction from them. My first two matches, I, I wasn't even thinking about the crowd. I was just like a nervous wreck. I was just a mess. So that was kind of the first time I kind of got that little bit of a taste of like the crowd interaction and playing with their emotions and stuff like that. So that was really fun. Um, yeah, that that was that was a cool match. I think I think I still have a couple of clips of it like saved on my phone. I think I did like a die or flip or something to the outside or a crossbody to the outside, and thankfully they all caught me. But yeah, yeah, it's on the PW YouTube channel, and I advise everybody after you're done listening to this to go uh, uh, dig that up. It's from Calgary, uh, and it was yeah just before we we unfortunately shut down because of the pandemic, and and check that match out. Another fun thing that always made me laugh, and I don't know if it ever got fixed. But that PWA women's title belt, I remember, did not have any buttons or snaps on it, so you couldn't wear it. Did I don't that... think it still does. <laughs> does it? Does it not? I think I remember because when I had it, um, yeah, it didn't have any buttons on it, so it was just like a strap. And I think, I think at the before, I think Kurt used to keep the belts. Yes, and Kurt I think was I had asked him of if the belts. Yeah, and I think I had asked them, like, hey, can I hold on to the belt? Because, like, I'll get it fixed. Like, I'll go put, like, buttons on this thing. Because, like, you know, it's like, I'm the champion. I, I want to, like, take care of this belt. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I don't think I ever did. And then whenever we had the saddle go match, I think I just gave it back how it was, I guess. Did he let you take it, though? So, uh, I had it for a little bit. I don't remember what I had it for. Yeah, I had it at, at, for a, a certain amount of time for some reason. I think I got it from Michael from some, I think I okay. wanted, I wanted the belt to, so I could put some buttons on it. So I got Michael to get it from Kurt and then Michael gave it to me. And then I just gave it back to Zoe as it was <laughs> I was like, sorry, I didn't get it done. Yeah. Kurt was very, it uh, is slash was very protective of those titles. So yeah. uh, you kind of out of nowhere, or at least to me, and then if you don't want to discuss this, feel free to, to say no, but you relocated. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, I heard because of the shoot job to to texas which was kind of very like to me very out of the blue and very random can you kind of go through exactly what that was all about or is that not something you want to talk about oh yeah i can talk about it um i yeah so my shoot job like i'm a registered nurse and um i love being a nurse i've been a nurse for like nine years now i think it is and i always wanted to travel nurse um and kind of just you know kind of get out of your comfort zone work somewhere new all that kind of fun stuff and um, but once I started wrestling, I knew obviously the wrestling market is a lot bigger in the States than it is in Canada. There's a lot more eyes on the U.S. Mm-hmm. wrestling scene. And so I kind of figured I was like, you know what? Well, I have this job um, that I do pretty well at that I can go work in the States and I can wrestle. And then I and then I have a reason to be in the States and wrestle. Um, so it kind of so my big motivation to like go and work as a travel nurse in the States was so I could wrestle and on like the U.S. scene. And so then I kind of started getting everything in order that I could do that. The process to become a travel nurse in the States is a little long. It takes about a year for like you to finish all your paperwork and licensing and get your visa and all this, all, all the stuff, all the, you know, paperwork and mm-hmm. everything. And, um, but yeah, that was kind of my big reason to come to the States was because I just wanted to wrestle and I just wanted more eyes on me. I wanted to learn more. And I think too, at the time, um, COVID, we were in the middle of COVID. Everything was shut down. There was no there's nowhere really to train. I think, you know, we were, we were training when we could, when things would like open, when the gyms would open up and stuff, but like there were no shows, nothing was really going on. And I, and I, I was, you know, I'm a little bit, I started wrestling a little bit older. Like I was um, in my thirties now. And um, so I was like, if I really want to have a good chance at this wrestling thing and really pursue this, I need to go like where wrestling is happening. And in the, st- the States was opened up, Texas, like was barely on lockdown. Mm-hmm. And so then um, I was like, you know what, I can go to Texas, I, I can go to reality of wrestling at Booker T's school in Houston. Um, that's a big promotion. There's a lot of eyes on it. If I could go work in Houston and train at reality of wrestling, I think that's like a really good like foot in the door for me. And that's what I did. So I called up Booker T school. I think I talked to Charmel on the phone. And she was like, Yeah, this is how much it is a month. You're welcome. Whenever you're here, just like come on in. And uh, I got all my nursing stuff figured out. And then I just kind of packed up my car and headed down south. And I'm still here two two years later. So see, yeah, I had no really, idea. really cool. 
I didn't think that that's how it went down. I mean, in fairness, I never really asked anybody because it's quite, <laughs> quite frankly, it's none of my business. But I thought you just got this great job and you had to leave. I didn't know that you'd like chose to leave for wrestling. And, and No, and I chose to, to leave. Use... I left everything behind. I packed up my stuff, packed up my dog, and that was it. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that's fantastic. So so you did end up hooking up with Reality of Wrestling and Booker T's promotion and in school and stuff. And tell me about how, you know, did, did your, how do I want to word this? Because everybody like trains a little different. And I think like mm-hmm. every place has their own kind of style. When you went in there with the training that you had, was it was it well received? Were they like, oh, you've got good fundamentals, you're on the right track? Or was did you did they want to like have you relearn some stuff? Um yes and no. Uh they could definitely tell that like I had already had some wrestling experience that I had been like training. It was tough because I think at the time, like if if COVID never happened when I got to reality of wrestling, I would have been wrestling like air quotes for like over a year mm-hmm. because like I had been in the ring. I it already had been a year past my first wrestling match that I had, but I only had had three matches and then I wasn't really training consistently when COVID happened. So I would say, but when I got to reality of wrestling, I probably only really had maybe I want to say seven or eight months of wrestling training under my belt where I was like comfortable to say, like to say I had been wrestling for a year was like pretty unfair to say, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they could tell that I, I, I had some experience. My, I had some fundamentals, obviously you need to like tweak some things and whatnot. And I was still had zero idea about wrestling psychology about like how to put together a match or anything like that. Um, so there's definitely a lot of things I still had to work on, but they could definitely see that like I had potential and like there, I was someone that like they could use in the very near future. So I got to the reality of wrestling. Um, I want to say I started there in July of 2021, I think it was. And then I had my first match in the following October, uh, which was, I think like pretty fast. I think the only person who had debuted that fast for a female was like Promise Braxton, who was someone I like been wrestling with a lot over this past year. And similar with her, she moved from Pittsburgh to uh, Houston to train there and had wrestling under her belt already. And, uh, debuted pretty fast as well so um so yes yeah, so that was cool so once um once I debuted in October I had a few matches like throughout the year until I was kind of just a regular member of their roster which was like really really cool to be a part of what's the uh the indie scene like down there I know there's like a, a handful of companies on local wrestling runs in Texas and there's some others do they have a good scene are you able to get consistent work oh yeah absolutely the scene here is like huge especially like in Houston alone I think there's I want to say at least five to seven promotions that like run in Houston and what's really nice too I remember kind of when I was wrestling back at home there was kind of it was kind of like a territory thing if you wrestled for PWA you couldn't wrestle for another company blah 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 it's not really like that in Texas you can kind of wrestle wherever you want you're kind of really your own like independent contractor really so um so that was kind of cool so I mean my first booking that I got in Texas I don't even, it wasn't even for reality of wrestling. It was actually for mission pro, which was like Thunder Rosa's promotion that she runs in Texas. Um, So that kind of really helped me get some footing on the Texas independent scene because her promotion's like pretty well known too. So once I was on that roster, I kind of got more eyes on me and, you know, and then did the reality of wrestling and that added more eyes. And then I kind of filtered in to like the other promotions around in Texas and stuff. And yeah, there's like, uh, a lot in Houston, there's a lot in Austin and Dallas, it's Corpus Christi, Laredo. I've been to all of them. <laughs> Have you ventured out into any other states? Um, I went out, um, I wrestled out in Oklahoma. Uh, okay. That was with Mission Pro with uh, with uh, Thunder Roses promotion. I recently just went out to Pittsburgh. Um, I was in Louisiana and I'm going back there in a couple weeks. Um, and then I was out on the West coast, um, in California for in San Francisco. So yeah, I've kind of, and then in a couple of weeks I'm going out to, uh, New Jersey. So I'm kind of making my way across the country, which is kind of cool. Um, do, do you find there's a bit of a Lucha influence in certain parts of Texas or am I just being racist because it's right next to Mexico? <laughs> no, there's definitely a lot of Lucha influence, um, especially in Laredo. Uh, there's a lot of we we actually call them like lucha shows where it's like okay. I guess a lot of just lucha luchador style wrestling, um, which which is really fun. Um, you really have to like be 
if you're gonna be on a lucha show like you have to be able to wrestle lucha so it's not like for everyone it's like i'll, I'll likely never be on a lucha i think i have been on a lucha show but it's like the girl i was wrestling she wasn't a luchador so we were mm. kind of just having like your classic wrestling match but then all the other matches are like luchador type style wrestling um but yeah um but yeah there's definitely a lot of influence from the from lucha libre here in texas for sure so how does the shoot job work with like is it like a monday to friday thing and then you hit the road on the weekends or do do you have to kind of sneak off a little bit here and there to to make some bookings oh oh, sorry can you say that again it's just cutting out uh, with the with the, with the shoot job, is it just like a work Monday to Friday and then hit the road on the weekend, or do you have to kind um, of sorry, sneak say away? that one more time? Do you have to sneak away from the shoot job a little bit to make your bookings, or is it like a Monday to Friday work the shoot job and then you uh, you head out on the road on the weekends? Uh, so for me, um, so I, with my shoot job, I usually have to work two weekends out of the month, so like a Saturday and a Sunday, and then the other two weekends I leave open to wrestle. Um, sometimes I was able to kind of move some stuff around. So I would have like more weekends available, but I usually would try to at least get two, whole, maybe two wrestling bookings a month, sometimes three. Um, if I was fortunate, I could do like a Friday, Saturday booking and mm-hmm. then get like more matches under my belt. Um, but yeah, but you also have to like, think about, you know, where you're wrestling, the time travel. Cause like Texas is, Texas is a huge state. Like it takes so long to just like drive across like wherever. Right. And then especially, and I have my dog with me too. So I always had to think about like, well, what am I going to do with my dog? Is he going to come with me? Or do I have, do I have time to drive to the show three hours, wrestle on the show? That's three, four hours long and then drive back in three hours and leave my dog alone for that yeah. long amount of time. So there's a lot of factors I had to play into it, but um, but it worked out pretty well, yeah. So I would think I was maybe consistently wrestling at least like three times a month, which I thought was like pretty good on average. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, so you recently mm-hmm. did uh, an appearance for AEW, and you gave the Mill Woods hand sign, and like the local media here kind of went a little nuts, and there was articles yeah. and stuff <laughs> for you all over the place. Mill Woods wrestler makes good. Did you expect the whole thing to kind of blow up like that? And tell me a bit about your AEW experience. Uh, I on I did not expect it to blow up like that. Um, I did remember just something that Booker T had told me. He was like, "Wrestling is really about like moments and like making making you like stand out. It's not it's not about the moves. It's about like it's about the in between. It's about the gray area. It's the things you do in between the moves." And so I remember I had another opportunity to go to AW, and I, I've had a couple matches there. Um, I've had two tag matches, and I've had one singles match. So when I was having my singles match, I knew that there would be a moment where I, it's just going to be me and I have to do something to stand out. And, you know, it's, it, it's on, it was on AEW Dark, which is mm. on, which was on their YouTube, but it was like, it gets a lot of views. So it's like, I need to do something to like, and a lot of people, a lot of people have wrestled on AEW Dark, a lot of really talented people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to do something to help me stand out. And I think especially since, you know, coming from like our, our Canada crew, I think I was like the first of like our crew of Canadian wrestlers to like go on to AEW. So I wanted to do something that like people at home could like see and remember and recognize. And I, I didn't even, I think I had just started to come up with the whole like Mill Woods gimmick thing. And I don't even think I had even tried it anywhere. I hadn't even tried it out on the indies doing the whole like MW thing yet, but I was like, okay, I'm going to try it on national TV or, you know, on their YouTube show anyway. So I did, I threw up the MW and then um, thankfully um, Thaddeus Archer retweeted it and did the hashtag YEG, hashtag Mill Woods, Edmonton, all that stuff. And it really picked up a lot of steam online and, and yeah, then it did blow up, which was like really kind of like cool to see. And then, yeah, the news articles came out and the news, I don't know, the CTV news called me and did the interview and yeah, it was, it was really like fun and it was, I don't know, it really just, um, it was a really cool experience just to see that like I was able to leave Edmonton and kind of do something cool and have my city recognize it and kind of like appreciate me for it. It was just, and especially in like such a short amount of time. So I was really, really thankful and grateful just for that whole opportunity. And that really kind of helped me, um, I don't know, get a more attention or popularity. I don't know. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. I know exactly what you're trying to say. It really kind of like put me on the map a little bit. And you yeah. never know what like little kind of things are going to catch on, you know, like Mick Foley puts a sock on his hand and all of a sudden, you know, it's it's the biggest thing. So you never know what little thing is, is going to get traction. 
Yeah, and then even like people here in Texas, they're always like, "Ah, oh, Millwoods and stuff." And so it's like <laughs> everyone knows about Millwoods now. So it's kind of it's not just the people at home; it's like people here and like in the states too. They're they're figuring out what Millwoods Millwoods is all about. You're you're putting Millhood on the map. I know. Well, I actually remember one time. I think it was maybe that six man tag that you had commentated, and you said you said something funny about me being from Millwoods or something like you want wouldn't want to be from there. You wouldn't want to mess with me because I'm Millwoods, and that kind of like made me pop. Well, I've never said anything funny on commentary, so that probably wasn't me. Anyway, <laughs> no, we're gonna... it was definitely you. <laughs> we're gonna kick over to your second track. Another artist. I'm a big. You're killing my punk rock credibility here right now. But we're gonna. <laughs> Go to a track called I Did Something Bad. The artist you may have heard of, a young lady by the name of Taylor Swift. Uh, uh, tell me about this track and why you picked it. Um, This track, so yeah, Taylor Swift, my other favorite artist. It's funny, like Kanye West and Taylor Swift are like my two favorite artists and they have like controversy with each other. Um, Beyonce had the but, best video of all time. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> um, I love Taylor Swift. If you can't relate to a Taylor Swift song, you are not human. And she is just, she's a great artist. She has written so many great songs. This song um, was from her Reputation album. That album is so different from all her others. It's a little bit more of like a pop kind of darker tone to it. It's kind of, she's kind of gone away from all her country stuff. And this song kind of, um, I don't know, it's fun. It's, 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 it's a little bit different. It wasn't one of her singles, but it's just a song that's like kind of like really fun and edgy. And like, I don't know, all of us have done some bad stuff. And like, sometimes it's kind of fun to be bad. And you're like, okay, this is kind of cool. And like, this song is kind of what that's about. So I love this song. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I don't think a lot of people know about this Taylor Swift song or this version of Taylor Swift. So I'm excited for people to hear it. Oh, so we're doing T-Swizzle deep tracks. All right. Yeah. I'm down with that. All right. So this is I Did Something Bad. It is Taylor Swift on the Not So Punk and Pod Drivers podcast. I never trust a narcissist, but they love me. So I play him like a violin And I make it look oh so easy Cause for every lie I tell them They tell me three This is how the world works Now all he thinks about is me I can feel the flames on my skin Crimson red paint on my lips If a man talks shit then I owe him nothing I don't regret it one bit cause he had it coming Let me up, let me up, let me up. 
Number two from Gigi Ray on the Punk and Proverbs podcast. Let's talk about Japan. Ah, okay. Let's talk about Japan. I, I, I know. I, I don't know a lot about this. I just heard about that you uh, have an upcoming trip to the Far East. Uh, enlighten me on what exactly is going on here. Oh yeah. So um, back in May, I had signed up for a tryout that was out in San Francisco, hosted by West Coast Pro, which is a promotion out in San Francisco um, I like for West the company Marvelous. Yes, they put on an amazing show. All their all their shows are just phenomenal. Um, so they were hosting um, the this company Marvelous, which is a women's promotion in Japan. And I had heard from them, heard about them um, about a year ago. I had met some girls on a show I was on, and she had said she wrestled in Japan. And I, I've always wanted to go to Japan. I didn't know how I was going to get there. I didn't know about many promotions out there other than like Stardom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, but somehow I want to go to Japan. I feel like all like the greatest wrestlers have had their cut their teeth in Japan, and they've come back. And I just love that hard hitting style, that strong style that they have. And I just knew I wanted to go there. So I had met a girl who had wrestled for Marvelous. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So I started to look them up a little bit. And then fast forward a couple of years later. And then, but no one was going over to Japan because of like COVID still. Mm-hmm. So before they used to bring a lot of like Americans and Canadians, uh, maybe Canadians too, over to Japan for like contracts or tours or whatever. But since COVID, like nothing was happening anymore. Um, so I was kind of just waiting and biding my time to see when they were kind of like open up the doors again for people to go over to Japan. And then um, I saw, I think just on Twitter that West Coast Pro was hosting this tryout for Mar- Marvelous um, in May. And I was like, okay, I'm like, well, I'm like, this is what I want. Like, that's exactly where I want to be. That's a door, the opportunities that I want. So I'm going to go to this tryout. I'll get myself out to San Francisco and kind of like see what'll happen. And they were picking uh, one guy and one girl from the tryout to uh, get a contract and go wrestle over it with Marvelous for however long uh, I thought I've talked to a couple of people and you can kind of, it sounds like you can kind of be out there for as long as you want, like anywhere between like a month to six months to a year, kind of whatever you want. And so then I was like, yeah, I really want, I really would like that opportunity. And I kind of went into it being like, I really want this opportunity, but if I don't get it, at least I'll be able to network and hopefully make some mm-hmm. connections with people. And then um, hopefully that opportunity will come again another time. So I went out to the tryout and it was, they did a seminar the first day and then the tryout was the second day. Um, I went to both because I wanted them to be able to see me at both things and kind of, you know, just get more eyes on me, more opportunity to be seen. Um, the day of the tryout, all we did was um, a try a five minute tryout match. And you kind of just picked whoever you wanted to wrestle, whoever was there at the tryout. Um, I had my tryout match and then they ended up, um, so they were going to pick one guy and one girl um I actually promised Braxton who I wrestle here in Houston all, all the time from reality of wrestling she was also at the tryout and we didn't really know each other each other were we were going to be there I was like I'm going and then she happened to be there too mm-hmm. so like obviously we're like okay well we're going to wrestle each other in this tryout match and you know we have a lot of mutual respect for one another so it was kind of like if it's not me I hope it's you that gets to go and then um, they deliberated for a while afterwards. And when they came back to make their decision of who they wanted to pick, they said they were going to take, they, they're having a really hard time deciding. So they're going to take two girls and two guys. Okay. And when they said they were going to take two girls, I looked over at her and I was like, there's no way it can't not be the both of us. And that's exactly what it was. They said my name, they said her name. And we kind of just looked at each other and hugged and then 
we were just so excited and they announced the two guys that won. So it was just really cool that like both her and I were able to get this opportunity together, especially with like the history that we have with wrestling each other pretty much like across the country at this point. Like I wrestled her in Pittsburgh. I wrestled her in Louisiana. I wrestled her all over Texas. And then we went over to San Fran and then we got to wrestle each other again. And then now we get to go to Japan together. So it was just, it was really nice that we were able to experience that together and we get to go over there together. And that's a, a bit of a comfort as well too, doing something so kind of outside of your comfort zone, going like across the country, across the world, sorry. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was really cool. It was kind of like an undeniable thing that like they couldn't, they couldn't not take one of us. They had to take both of us. So that was like really cool to experience. So I think kind of at the end of the summer here, I think I'll be going out to Japan with them and, yeah, so I'm really excited for that. I was just going to say, I think having there. her come along with you when there's such kind of a culture shock, having a familiar face will will make it a lot better. Like I've read books, you know, different, you know, watch documentaries and stuff. And and some people go over there and they really, really love it. And some people go over there and, and just the culture shocks a little bit too much. I've heard like, I don't think it's as bad now, but I heard years and years and years ago, one of the major gripes was that of, of finding stuff to eat. But I think now there's it's it's kind of a bit of a more Americanized. So I think maybe that's not so much an issue. But I know like back in the day, like in the 80s and stuff, a lot of guys would complain because like just I don't want to eat any of this stuff. I need something to eat. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm half Asian. Like my mom's Filipino, so I'm pretty comfortable mm-hmm. with like Asian cuisine. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to like living at the dojo and training every day and we had a chance to talk to some of the uh, women at the tryout about like what it's like in Japan and what the training regimen is going to be like. And they said, you know, you're up early, you do like two hours of like calisthenic workout of like body weight training, um, take a break for lunch. And then you're in the ring doing in ring wrestling training for like three to four hours, like four or five days a week. And then on the weekends, you're touring and wrestling on shows. So I'm just like, I'm so excited for that experience to kind of be fully immersed and kind of like that living in the dojo kind of Japanese experience. I know a lot of girls that have like gone over to Japan just for like a couple matches or whatever and stuff. And they're up in a hotel, which is like also very cool. And I would love an opportunity to do mm-hmm. that. But to kind of be fully immersed, signed with a company where you're like living and training with these girls and wrestling with them all the time. I'm just, I, I'm so excited for that experience. I just, I was hoping I would get a chance to do that. And now I get a chance to do that. So I think, I know the the things I've really put like my mind and my energy towards have like really started to like unfold for me. And so, I don't know, it's just a big testament to like, you know, if you really have the drive and the determination to do something, the world will give it back to you as long as like you put that energy out there. So I'm really excited for it. And I think what's cool, like me, like me learning about why you went to Texas, and it's not a, what I thought at all. You bet on yourself, and I think that's really awesome. You bet on yourself, and and, and it's right now it's winning. You're winning. You're working. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I to- I totally did. I kind of went like all in on like the wrestling thing, and of course, I'm I'm so fortunate to have like the nursing to kind of like pave the way for me a little bit, and uh, you know to help like support me in doing to follow my dream. And I'll never forget when I was telling uh, one of my coworkers before I left for Texas to do this wrestling thing about how it's like, yeah, I'm going to go to the States, work as a nurse, and I'm going to wrestle. Um, this is like my dream. And uh, she looked at me and she said, I am so proud of you because people don't follow their dreams anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never really thought about that. And I'm like, that's so true. It's like, I didn't want to ever like live with a regret that it's like, I didn't I could have stayed in Edmonton and wrestled on the Edmonton scene. And I think I, I think I still would have been fine. Like, I think I, I honestly believe if I hadn't left Texas, I think at this point I still would get an opportunity to go to Japan or I would have wrestled in the States at this point. Um, but I kind of took it upon myself to do it how I wanted to do it. I didn't want any restrictions. I didn't want anyone to tell me, um, no, you can't wrestle here. You can only wrestle in these yeah. areas. I just wanted to be in control of my dream and my destiny. And I, and I really did that like full fold and I'm, I'm really happy that I did. So what's it like when you come back here now, like the last time you came back and wrestled for LPW, uh, I think we over, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I think we oversold, uh, and we had, I think, more people than we probably yeah. should have legally had in the building. Uh, so what's it like for you to come back? It's almost like I coming remember back that. Like, <laughs> like the yeah, like I was I was because I had some friends from work come to the show and I'm running around trying to get chairs for my friends to sit on, which is I mean, it's an awesome problem to have. Uh, it's almost like the conquering hero returning. What's it like for you to come back yeah. and, and work uh, here? 
kind of homecoming time? Uh, oh, I'm so excited. It, it was so fun the last time. And I was just, I was just so happy to, you know, be back with everyone, kind of like the old crew with Zoe, Tara, and Michael, like everyone, Steve, like it was, it's just like, it, they're just such a blast to be around. And especially like Spencer has done such a phenomenal job putting like LPW together and um, all the shows are really, really great. And, you know, it's, it's fun that it's at the rec room and it's mm-hmm. like you can go there and watch the wrestling or you can go eat something or go play arcade games. Like it's, it's a really cool venue and it's a really great experience. And the two, the two shows that I was on just, it was just so much fun with everyone in the back and before the show and after the show. And it's just a really nice, like, Fam- I guess family atmosphere I, I don't know if that's like mm-hmm. the right way to describe it but it does kind of feel like that you know it's just like everyone's just happy to be there happy to put on a good show we're all working for the same goal and um and then especially to have like you know your friends and family come out and I think especially with me leaving then coming back it's you know it's, it's exciting for like my friends and family to come out and see me because you know m- the most the most they see of me is kind of like through social media which is cool and unfortunate at the same time you know because mm-hmm. obviously your social media is kind of like a highlight reel of what's going on in your life it's not really like your real 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 life um so then to be able to kind of show everyone what I've been doing how I've evolved how I've grown is is a really like cool experience and I'm really excited to come back um again and wrestle for LPW this summer and hopefully throughout the summer as well too so MRB uh, asked me to ask you about training with Natty and TJ. Oh, okay. yeah, that was, oh, that was awesome. Uh, he really helped set that up. Um, so yeah, so Natty and TJ, obviously, like, he's super close with them. TJ trained um, Michael and he trained, came up with Natty. And um, so they have their facility out in Tampa. And I was, um, I was going out to Orlando to do the AW dark tapings. And I I didn't end up getting a match, which I was kind of like pretty snubbed about. They invite you out to the, do like the studio tapings, and they usually film like I think like twenty some matches. Yeah. And they invite you out there, and most people get a match, and there's always kind of a handful of people that don't. And I was like, well, this kind of sucks because it's like I came. You have to get yourself out there, which is fine. They 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 pay you when you're there. I I still got paid, but like I was like I came all this way out to Orlando and like didn't get a match match like that sucks and so then but ahead of before that I had told Michael like yeah I'm going out to Orlando for the dark tapings um do you think like I could go train with like Natty and TJ like at their school because they would post a lot of like their training stuff like on their social medias and stuff and Mm -hmm. um um so I think Michael had just reached out to TJ be like hey like Gigi's gonna be out in Florida could she come train with you guys for a little bit and he's like oh yeah that sounds great um she's more than welcome so I kind of just made like a whole week trip out of it so I was kind of, so I went out to Orlando. I was bummed I didn't get a match. Um, I ended up staying for a few more days. Uh, at the time, one of my friends was in NXT. So I went to go watch him at NXT. And um, and then the next day I was going to drive off to Tampa to go train with Natty and TJ. And I think I did like two days out there at their school. And, and it was just like awesome. It was just such a great environment. I learned so much. And um, I was just so thankful for that opportunity to be there. And then, and I've had the chance to like, um, do a little bit of extra work with WWE so like anytime I see both Natty and TJ they're they remember me and I have like a good relationship with them so that's really cool too and that's something obviously that like a connection that I got through Michael and yeah so I, I think I always kind of have now like an open door invite to go train with them in Tampa anytime which is really awesome and it would be great to like get out there again Um, but yeah it was they're they're phenomenal they're amazing people they're like nicer than you could ever imagine and they're just so welcoming and tj and natty they both just have like so much knowledge to share and i think especially with natty she really really cares about like women's wrestling and wanting people to improve and she really cares about like people getting in the ring and like doing things right and doing things safely you know and like that's Something that, you know, I think especially with how the independent scene is right now, it's 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 a lot of spots, it's a lot of flips, it's a lot yeah. of kind of like crazy bumps that you're taking and people are kind of forgetting about the fundamentals and we're forgetting about storytelling. And that's kind of something that they really, really hone in on, not just like making it look good, but like making it make sense. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, it's they're amazing people to learn and train from. And I, I hope I get an opportunity to go train with them some more. 
yeah, I can't say enough about those guys. And it's really awesome for, for me to, to watch them from, you know, when they were here and, and what they built their lives and careers into uh, well-deserved. Uh, what's like some short-term goals? Like, what do you think the next five years looks like for Gigi Ray? Ooh, the next five years. Um, it's funny. I actually have like a little notes thing on my phone about like a five-year plan of what I've wanted. And I've, I've gone, I've checked off a lot of that stuff. So, I mean, like, Japan was on the top of there. So, you know, like, obviously, I'm not in Japan yet, but, like, that's that's happening. So, there's, like, you know, a little ghost check mark beside it. Um, I would love to wrestle in Japan. I would I'm – ho- I'm hoping I can be out there for maybe at least six months to a year is kind of what I – would what is what I'm looking forward to. So, I'm hoping that happens. Um, I would really, really like to get a TV contract. It doesn't, I don't care what company it's with. It could be with Impact, WWE, AEW. I just, I want a TV contract. I want wrestling to be like my full-time job. Um, so I want, Me I would too. really like for that. To, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, I would really like for that to happen. Um, and I don't know. So like I'm, I'm 33 right now. I, I do kind of have a time limit of how long I really want to pursue this wrestling thing for. So, I mean, if I'm not like assigned, I mean, I don't even want to put that out there like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to get signed to like a company, but like, that's my goal is to get like a TV contract. So like, that's kind of really where I'm, where I'm focused at. Um, and then I don't know. I, I'm, you know, you kind of, when you grow up and you're like, turning into adult like you gotta buy a house you gotta do all this stuff I kind of like being like a nomad and I'm kind of just like moving from place to place I don't own property anywhere I probably should try to invest in some property somewhere so like maybe that'll happen in the next five years but I kind of like being able to move around wherever I want it's kind of not and not being like tied down to anything so the only thing in my five-year plan is to get a TV con- work work in Japan and get a TV contract. That's it. <laughs> and if you are comfortable being a nomad and a bit of living out of a suitcase, then you pick the right industry for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's been, I finally got those like packing cubes that people say that you need when you like pack your suitcase, and game changer. You there definitely you need the packing cubes. Well, maybe you'll yeah. get an endorsement deal for that. Yeah, I need a packing cube endorsement and a beef jerky endorsement. Those are the only sponsorships I want. <laughs> why why beef jerky? Explain. Well, when you're like when you're traveling a lot with like driving from city to city, you know, a lot of stuff like isn't open. So you are eating a lot of like gas station food. Yeah, fair. And you know, like the street meat, I don't really trust it. So it's like I get an energy drink, I try to get like a protein shake if they have it. Um, but I can't have like dairy. So I always have to get like a plant-based one, which is very hard to find at gas stations. And then I eat a lot of beef jerky because <laughs> it's like, it's low in fat. It's low in calorie. It's pretty much just protein. It tastes good. So it's like, I spend so much money on gas station beef jerky. It's not even funny. <laughs> well, there you go. Packing cubes and gas station beef jerky to, to hell with the yeah. TV contract. There's your money right there. <laughs> right. All right. I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. This is exactly as fun as I was hoping it would be. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on Thursday and Friday. Um, Give us your uh, quickly, give us your social medias where people can find you and maybe some of your upcoming bookings over the next month or so. Where can people find Gigi? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. It is Gigi Wrestling, G-I-G-I Wrestling. Um, Those are the only places I'm at. And then wrestling-wise, I'm going to be back in Canada. So the two LPW shows coming up um, on the 29th and on the 30th, um, July 8th, I'll be out in Vancouver with um, uh, Nation Extreme Wrestling. Um, On the 22nd of July, I will be – oh, sorry, on July 15th, I will be in New Jersey with CCW in a women's tag team tournament with my tag partner, Lady Bird. We are the Money Birds. Um, and then on the 22nd, I will be at Wildcat in Louisiana, New Orleans, Louisiana. So that's kind of my July schedule. All and right. then WrestleCore at the end of the month in back in Vancouver. So I'm really I gotta excited get out for, there for uh, that one. I got to get out there for a WrestleCore show. Those guys are doing such super cool things. I had uh, Cobra Kai on the podcast a few months ago and just a great guy. And I really want to, I'd like to do some work for them at some point. But, uh, you know, there's there's only space for one commentator per show. So I get frozen out a lot of stuff. Is that stuff, it? Only one? They don't have two? Or they have their, their, their person and then like yeah. a... 
I they've guess. Got, they've okay. got their crew as most companies do, and uh, uh, which is great. But I really want to even just to go out there as a fan and watch the show because they're doing some really, really cool stuff. Uh, Gigi Ray, yeah, I'm so you. excited. Sorry, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I'm going to let you go and I'm going to go to bed because work comes early tomorrow. Uh, we are going to go out to. Oh, hang on a second. Technical difficulty. Or Taylor Swift. No. <laughs> We're going to go out to uh, a brand new music from a band called Sad Park. The track is always around. It is brand new punk rock, so we can get back on the horse, so to speak. Thank you, Gigi Ray. Uh, everybody, if you are not in the Edmonton area and you want to check out the uh, LPW show Friday night, 7 o'clock Mountain, that's 9 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash lovewrestlingca. I will be calling all the action. We have head-to-toe a fantastic lineup, so if you're not in the area and you can't be there live, definitely check it out uh, on the Twitch stream. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast, and we will talk to you all next week.